Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. I want you to write this down. This is the motivation for being the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus. We should be motivated to share the good news because of God's love for the lost. If one of your loved ones was assaulted or even killed by someone, you'd want justice for them. The person committed a horrible crime. It's only right that they should be punished. Why then do we have such a difficult time imagining the wrath of God? God must judge sin. He is a just God and faithful to His promises. For every person who chooses to carry their own sin to their end, they'll remain under God's wrath. Only those who allow Jesus to unburden them of their sins and commit their lives to Him will escape it. In our study today, we'll see how believers can commit time, resources, and talents to helping people see how Jesus took their punishment. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, for our continuing study entitled, How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. is simply separated from God forever. We don't even know what that means. I'm not talking about for a week. I'm talking about forever. And here's a statement that's very confusing in our world today, but it's been clarified more. Notice the last one. This is the bad news. There are no chances to change our destiny after we die. Some of you are raised in a certain denomination or religion that believed in this holding tank that you could go to and somebody could pray you out of there, give enough money, do whatever, pray you. That's 100% false. We have many world religions today that say this. Well, I'm going to come back again and again and again until I finally enlightened Buddhist and I'll go to heaven. Wrong. 100% wrong. Here's what the Bible says. There's appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. Period. No exception. So if you refuse to accept Jesus Christ today while you're breathing... You have no chance ever of going to heaven. Zero chance. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm going to wait till I hear that sound for the rapture. And then I'm going to go. When I hear that trumpet, I'm gone. Well, here's how it's going to work. Beep, bonk. <laughs> let, me, let me hear you say, let me hear you say, Father, forgive me. Go ahead. Father, forgive me. All right, now watch me. Get ready to say it. Here we go. On the count of three, you say it. One, two, three. (laughs) Didn't hear the last four words you said. It's too late. It's too late. That's why I have a passion. Because one day, for you, it'll be too late. We're in the time of grace. This is not a joke. This is a great time to serve God. 
But this is truth. That is the bad news. Now, as a pastor, I have good news. Hallelujah. If you ever go to the doctor and he gives you bad news, but at the end he says there's good news, you're waiting to hear it, baby. Here's the good news. Look at verse 4. What's verse 4 begin with? But. In other words, there's a change. You were under God's wrath, but there's a change. What's it say? Because of his great love for us, circle the word, circle the word in your Bible, God. It isn't anything you did. It's God. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, we didn't deserve it, we didn't earn it, made us, circle the word, alive. We go from dead to alive. Why? Because the other word you circled, God. He made us alive with Christ. You can't remove Christ. Even when you were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. You know these last two verses. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so anyone could boast. You can't get there by being good enough. Impossible. So what is the good news? Number one, anyone can receive the gift of salvation. You see, it's a gift. Anyone. You haven't been too bad. You can't be too good. Impossible. Too young, too old, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you've done, where you're at. You can begin again. Well, how can I do that, Pastor Mark? If, if the wrath of God was on me, how does it get off me? Number two, here's the good news. Jesus took God's wrath on him. You see, on the cross, Jesus took on him your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world, and he suffered the wrath of God for us. The Bible simply says this, he who knew no sin actually became sin for us. And you remember there was a time on the cross when Jesus said, Father, why have you abandoned me? Because God could not look on Jesus at that moment because your sin, my sin, the wrath of God was on him. And what happens with the wrath of God? What is the wages of sin? Death. Jesus willingly gave up his spirit. So that wrath that was on me was transferred to Jesus. That's the good news. Number three, God's salvation removes God's wrath. You can't remove it. I can't remove it. God's already removed it. So when I accept Jesus Christ, what do I get? I get eternal life. Not, not, I'm going to live forever here. I'm going to live forever with God in heaven, in that new heavens and the new earth. So here's what I want you to write real quickly. It's very in interesting, just a simple two sentences that you should write somewhere in your Bible because it'll help you always be able to talk about this. Sin. What do I get with sin? I get God's judgment. I get God's wrath. And eventually, I get spiritual death. I'm going to be separated from God forever. That's what sin brings in my life. It, initially, God's judgment. Then his wrath. And of course, that justice has to be paid for. And eventually, I'm simply separated from God because I was never able to get rid of that wrath of God because he's a just holy God. So that's, that's the bad news. That's the bad news. But what's the good news in one sentence? Here it is. Sin plus Jesus. Not religion. Not a member of a church. Not that you came to church. Not that you took communion. Not that you took mass. Not that you were water baptized. 
But a relationship with Jesus, not knowing Jesus, just saying, I believe in Jesus, demons believe in Jesus, but having a relationship with him, following him, brings me salvation. I'm saved from God's wrath. I get it because it's a gift. It's grace. I don't earn it. That's really good news. What do I have to do to get this? You just have to repent and believe. And then I get spiritual life, which means I'm going to be with God forever. Now, let me ask you a couple questions quickly. Those two sentences I gave you, good news and bad news. Will Satan go and pronounce good news and bad news to the world? Absolutely not. Can you imagine Satan coming to you today, you're an unbeliever, and say, you know what, if you want to get rid of this, just ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. I think not. Now let me ask you a harder question. Be careful before you answer. Will God come to you and give you the good news and the bad news? few times. Some very specific exceptions. One was the Apostle Paul. God came to him right on the road. No man came to him. Do you know what's happening today? In Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, there's thousands and thousands of Muslims coming to Christ. You know how they're coming to Christ? Not with a man speaking, through visions and dreams from God directly. It's amazing. It's documented over and over again. But by and large, God will not come. So who is going to take the good news and say it to the people of the world? Who? Could, could, I, could I see your hand this morning? That's exactly right. Satan isn't going to do it. God isn't going to do it by and large. He left us here to do it. And here's something you know a lot, and you want to write it again, just as a good reminder. That's why you have this blue bracelet on you. Notice what it says right under this right here. We are the mouth and the hands and the feet of Jesus. Who's going to tell the people the good news? Who's going to tell the people the bad news? We are. You are. I can't meet the people you meet. So you have to learn to do it. Now, as we begin to think about that, I want you to turn to another passage of Scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want you to watch what Paul says and how he does it. It's very important for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I know I'm giving you a very condensed and, and solid and packed full of stuff, but you need it. You need it. We need to be challenged from sometimes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Now, when Paul gets here, he's talking about a judgment in heaven for Christians. There is a judgment in hell, basically, well, it'll be in heaven, but for unbelievers. And judgments in the Bible have nothing to do with whether you go to heaven or hell. It's after you've already arrived at either one of those destinations. So this is a judgment. Look at me. This is a judgment for Christians. If you're a Christian, you and I will be judged. We're going to be already in heaven, home free. Hallelujah. But I'm going to be judged. For my time, my talents, my gifts, my money, and you're going to see in a moment, sharing the gospel. So look at 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we, Christians, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It's not a bad place. It's going to be where we're rewarded. That each one, you, me, may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body. While here on this earth, notice whether good or bad. So what does that mean? 
I'm going to be rewarded or I'm going to be judged for how faithful I was with my time, my talents, my money, and spreading the good news and the bad news. I will stand before God and give an account of how that worked. So that should be somewhat of a motivation to us. Not because I'm going to stand before God, which I am and you are, and he's going to go, that was no good, your motive was no good. For instance, if I'm standing here before you this morning in pride, everything that I've done, it may be good for you, is wiped out in my slate. Because he knew my motive. It's not just about actions. It's about our heart. So, in a moment, I'm going to challenge you to make sure you're sharing the good news. If you're going to start sharing the good news, because you have to, forget it. Notice I said in there, we're going to be responsible for what God gives us, our resources, our money. Some of you never tithe. Probably 80% of the church never tithes. You'll be responsible for it. God's going to say to you, well, wait a minute. I told you 10% off the top. What's up with you? Well, I couldn't trust you. I didn't want to give you an That's Old Testament. All that garbage goes away. That's not for me to manipulate you to give. I just want to say this. If you now, oh, I better write a check. I'm going to write a check right now before this service is over. Well, why are you going to do that? Because I have to. Don't give a dime. You know why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. If you can't be cheerful when you give, don't give. Well, then, Pastor Mark, what will happen to this church? Don't worry about the church. God's fine. He's in control. You're the person that suffers. What I don't give, God doesn't give back to me. Now, that's another whole sermon. I can't get there. Now, <laughs> look at verse 11. Look at verse 11. Because Paul knew he was going to have a given account of his life, because you know, notice what he says. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. That word fear really means respect God. Notice what we do. Look at this verse. We try to persuade men. What does that mean? We try to persuade men. What do we try to persuade them to? The word persuade means to convince, to assure them, to speak as you're speaking to a friend. What is Paul trying to persuade men and women to do? Number one, to realize they're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. That's what I'm trying to do to you today, persuade you as a friend. Hey, everything that you're doing is going to have an accountability. But the second thing is, I should be available to persuade non-believers of the good news and the bad news. I should be able to converse with people. And I know there's a day coming when the world's going to be separated. Those not under God's wrath and those are under God's wrath. And I don't want my friends and relatives to be under God's wrath. So there should be this amazing use. Here's the way you want to write it. In our life as we're here, we are going to be judged. Every one of us are going to be judged to the effectiveness of being the mouth and the hands and the feet of Jesus. So as you and I are speaking, I'm going to be judged to that effectiveness. I want to be sharing with people, here's how to be right with God. Now notice Paul isn't saying, go and scare the hell out of people. Well, you're going to hell. Would you like to be under God's wrath today? You ready to get saved? Just go to the church over there. That's foolishness. See, there, there's no love in it. Now, when you think about 
being motivated to live for Christ, where does that motivation come from? Because we have to? If I'm going to share it with the lost because I have to, it's going to come across exactly that way. Look at verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. I want you to write this down. This is the motivation for being the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus. We should be motivated to share the good news because of God's love for the lost. You see, Paul says, I have such a respect for God and I have such a love for God that I want to persuade people to know the bad news and the good news. I can't change them. Only God can change them. They have to make their own decision. But I want to persuade them. And the reason I'm going to persuade them is because of my passion. I'm compelled by God's love. For me, Paul says, I came to Christ. I was in dead religion. Paul says, I was headed down the wrong road. Didn't even believe in Jesus. And God, in love, stopped me dead in my tracks. And if God can stop me, God can stop anybody. So Paul's goal for life was to share the good news and the bad news. Most of the verses we read this morning are from the Apostle Paul. He had a love for God, but he had a fear and a respect of God as well. And he used that. And notice his statement here. One died for all. How many does all mean? One. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. Every single set of eyes you look at, Jesus Christ died for. Many of them do not know the good news. They're unaware of the bad news. But Paul had a passion to share with them. He was compelled by the love of God to do it. That's where you and I have to come in. I want to give you one verse, and I want us to look at it. It's found in the book of John. Just write the verse down, and you can look it up later. John 3.36. I want to read the verse. I'm going to ask you three questions. This is the whole teaching in one verse. Whoever believes in the Son... The word we hear today is, all roads lead to God. We have many people in Christian churches today say, you don't have to believe in Jesus, go to heaven. That's 100% wrong. Notice what this says. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. You can't go to heaven without Jesus. He who has a Son has life. He who doesn't have a Son does not have life. Period. So there's the good news. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Here's the bad news. Whoever rejects. So what does that mean? That means it's your choice. I'm going to compress the truth. I'm going to suppress the truth. I'm going to ignore the truth. I'm not interested. I'm going to do my deal. Whoever rejects the son will not see life. Look at the end of the verse. But God's wrath remains on him. That's what separates that person's spirit 
from God forever. Why? They never took care of their sin problem. The wrath of God. A just God that must judge sin. He's provided a way. The way is the Son. I want to ask you three questions. As you look at that, do we really understand the truth of this one verse? It's not complicated. This is the whole gospel right there. Number two, do we really believe the good news and the bad news? Number three, do we really believe that our friends, our relatives, our co-workers, our classmates will go to hell if they reject the good news? You see, if we really believe, we would have a zeal, we would have an urgency to share when God opens a door. The reason we don't share is we're not too concerned about others. We're just concerned for ourselves. I want you to look at verse 15. That's the ending verse I'm going to use. Look what Paul says. And he, Jesus, died for all, that those who live for him, that's you and I when we become Christians, should no longer live for themselves, but live for him who died for them and was raised again. The reason we don't have a passion, I know many of you do. Thank you for it. All those people that got saved on Christmas Eve and over the last month, almost 200 people got saved. How did that happen? Because you cared enough to share. See, I don't run into the same people you run into. I'm not relatives with the people you're relatives with. I can't be praying for all of those people. I have the only area in my own neighborhood. And I was thinking last night, how many in my neighborhood know the good news and the bad news? Probably very few in my neighborhood. Why is that? Well, sometimes I'm disconnected with the church. But see, I have to be just like you. I have to be praying for doors of opportunity. That's what this little bracelet reminds you of. When you see it, God is the only one that has the good news. Somebody shared it with you. And let's not be selfish. Be like you've been. You guys have been amazing on our campuses. You've been sharing. So start inviting. Start praying. Pray for a door of opportunity. Write that little verse down, John 3, uh, 36. Practice it. Learn to persuade people in your own mind. We're going to enter the new year not just thinking about ourselves, but thinking about others. You see, when you think about others, God takes care of everything for you. And it just flows so well. So first of all, this morning I just want to say this. Thank you for all you do. I know you love lost people. Thank you for serving our God. Thank you for having a fear and respect for Him and a love for the lost. And I pray as we begin this year that we'll understand that this place is not our home. Pretty soon we're out of here. And we want to take as many people as we can. It's not about the numbers. It's about individual people. People that are bachelor and have lost the love of God. Let's be concerned about them. Let's be compelled by His love. Today, Pastor Mark broke it down for us simply. Sin equals God's judgment, wrath, and a person's spiritual death. Sin plus Jesus equals salvation, God's grace and spiritual life. There are only two choices. If you've made a choice for Jesus, then your next step is to share because of God's love for the lost. 
If you haven't given your life to Him, then consider that whoever rejects the Son will not see life, but God's wrath. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark begins a new study in the Word. We hope you've received revelation from the Lord through this series and have been encouraged to share what you've received. As the title of this series says, Jesus' birth changed everything, which can be a comfort to those who know Him as we live under the loving protection of the Father and enjoy all that He's given us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.